Hopelessness is a common malady in the year 2022. Where can we find lasting hope? Here's Pastor Al Pittman. We have a common hope in Jesus as a body of Christ. We, we're never hopeless. If hope can be found anywhere in the world, it ought to be found in the church because we have this common hope in Christ. And it's a hope that we now have to work ourselves up. Hey, we're hoping, well, let's say H-O-P. <laughs> you know, we don't have to do all that cheerleader. No, because our hope is kept and preserved by the power of God. So now tell me, how can you ever be hopeless when God is the keeper of your hope? Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. You are my dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. You're tuned in to The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman. Welcome to the program. Today we continue Pastor Al's new series in Titus, titled, Setting Things in Order. The book of Titus was written by Paul to his friend and co-warrior in the Lord, Titus. It's all about the function of the church and the function of those who are in charge at the church. In the day we're living in, we need biblical truth to prevail over human preference when it comes to the Christian church. Too many churches today are drifting away from biblical truth in favor of a non-offensive approach that condones sin. We see it all around us. Here's Pastor Al Pittman in Titus chapter 1. God, despite ethnicity, despite the past, despite the spiritual warfare, God planted a church right here. Because he found somebody who was dumb enough to believe <laughs> that his word does not return void. Someone who believed in his truth. I'm not giving no credit to me. I'm, I'm, I'm an unrighteous man. There's nothing, Paul says, there's nothing good in me. And I, I said, Paul, amen. There's nothing good in me. It was all God. But he defied. He will use you in your life to do what the world says you can't do. He does that all the time. Don't tell God what he can't do. <laughs> you know, he takes it personal. And so he planted a work according to his word, because I believed. And one time a guy contacted me from back east somewhere and said, hey, you've got this multiracial church. How do you do it? You know, oh, <laughs> that was a lot of help. But here's what I know. I teach the word, believing that God's word is for everybody. Amen. I share that because that's our strength. Because we have a common truth. We believe in the Word of God. We believe God's Word is greater than our obstacles. We believe that the Word of God is greater than our weaknesses. We believe the Word of God is greater than all our offenses. We trust in God's Word. We have to have that common truth in order to set things in order within the house of God. Faith in God's Word. Amen. And so lastly, the third aspect of our common faith has to do with common hope. Common hope. And so I direct your attention here to, I think it's verse 2. I've got to put my eyes on. He says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. Time began. Amen. Whew. There's so much Paul says there. I could preach a message on, on either, either one of those. It's, it's so deep what he's saying here. 
He said, I'm a bondservant, and I, I'm called according to the elect of God, or to salvation. I'm, 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 I'm acknowledgement of the truth according, according to godliness. I'm being transformed, made more into the likeness of Jesus. And I'm also uh, 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 called in hope of eternal life uh, according to God's promise by the fact that God cannot lie and all. And he's, he's making the statement. And then again, he, he folds Titus in this and says, you are a son, uh, a true son uh, of uh, faith, a true son of faith, uh, a true son of our common faith, he calls it. In other words, saying, Titus, you are one with me in this. And, and it's a beautiful picture, but he says we have common hope. Titus reminded him, we have this common hope, and in the church we have a common hope as well. And we just read here, and, and finally in the Bible, find something that God cannot do. God cannot lie. And isn't that what the devil is always trying to convince you of, that God has lied? He's not going to come through for you. He's not going to provide for you. In fact, he's abandoning you. I think he's in Hawaii right now. <laughs> he's on the beach kicking back. You're here all alone. You're all by yourself. Even though he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. God is not a man that he should lie. God can do anything, but he, he cannot lie. The Bible tells us as much. Numbers chapter 23, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Wow. Don't have time to go into all of it. I'm always alluding to it. But reality of seeing things lining up on the international scene according to the prophetic word of God amazes me. The situation in Afghanistan and, and how the Bible talks about the invasion that will come from Russia and in in, in scripture that will come down to invade Israel and, and, and how the kings of the east, speaking of China, will come across the Euphrates. All these things are lining up that, wow, where's the power shifting today? And then all the, you know, we, we used to wonder back in the 70s, where is America when Israel is attacked? I think we've imploded is what happened. People, oh, nuclear attack. I don't know, but I don't think they need to hit us with nukes anymore because we've lost our minds. We've lost our way. And we are spiritually and morally imploding as a nation. And we're consumed with what I call trivial things. And we're forgetting the important things. And maybe, I'm not, I don't know, but maybe we're not there, the book of Revelation, because we've been neutralized financially, economically. Just a thought. Will God not speak and then make it good? What he has spoken, what he has said prophetically would happen in the end times is lining up right now. Because God is not a man that he should lie. The good news? Oh, Jesus is coming soon. Amen. <laughs> Praise his holy name. Jesus is coming soon. And I love the fact that Paul reminds himself, I'm sure as he's writing this, and Titus, you know, when did God make this, this promise of eternal life and hope in him? Before the world began. Wow. 
before the world began. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 says, For all the promises of God in him, that is Christ, are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us, through, to the glory of God. Through, God doesn't fulfill his promise so he can make us popular. He fulfills his promise that he might be glorified through us. And there are things that God has done in your life that has been God's promises, and now you can testify to those things, and people say, what a mighty God you serve, amen? But he does it through us. All of his promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Praise his holy name. Thank God. Despite the mess that mankind has made, God's promises have still prevailed. Sometimes I think about the Old Testament, some of the written history of, uh, of the Middle East we have in the Old Testament and all and the things that God has done. And then some of his champions like David and all, you know, some of their mess ups. David being an adulterer and a murderer. We look at Lot and, and incest with his daughters. Did you know that? We look at Abraham, you know, the father of our faith, who lied. He and Sarah scheming together to bring about the promises of God their own way in their own flesh. The schemes and all that. That's just the people, people of God. But the world itself, the mess that mankind has made. And out of the mess, when you read through the New Testament, uh, the Old Testament, you hear about the kings that came in and the idolatry and, the, and, and, and you know, rape, all, everything else you can think about in the Old Testament. Yet out of the sewage of human history came the Messiah, came the Savior of the world. Why? Not because mankind got it together. Like people are saying today, we, we, we just need to get it together. You can't get it together. God had to send a Savior, and God's a God of promise, and he has brought forth Jesus Christ for our salvation. Amen? Thank God that he's not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should lie. He brings it to pass. Oh, what a glorious promise that is for us. Isaiah 42 goes on to say, the Lord says, indeed, before the day was, I am he, and there is no one who can deliver out of my hand. I work, and who will reverse it? Amen. We see that on the international world stage today. We see that in America. God says, I'm working. No one is going to be able to thwart, if you will, his plans. What a glorious hope for us as believers. Balaam said, God is blessed, and I cannot reverse the blessing. <laughs> he learned a false prophet who was hired to curse Israel, realized he couldn't curse them. He says, God has blessed them. I can't reverse the blessing. God says, I work. Who can reverse it? The same thing in your life right now. God is working in your life. He has commanded a blessing over you in hope. We have this hope in him, a blessing over you, and he will bring it to pass. He who began a good work in you will also bring it to fruition. Amen? The promise of God. And this promise is given to us. Paul says, this is in hope we have this promise. Pastor Al will share more about that wonderful hope we have in Christ in just a few moments. COVID-19, runaway inflation, high prices for gas and food. Are you feeling overwhelmed today? Would you like someone to pray for you? We would count it a real blessing to be able to do that. So share your prayer needs with us by going to our website, cwccs.org and click the Need Prayer tab at the top of the homepage. That's cwccs.org. And thanks for remembering the dwelling place in your prayers as well. 
Now here's Pastor Al to bring the first message in his new series in Titus to a close. The author of Signs of the Times, G.K. Chesterton, once said this, and I quote, that hope means hoping when things are hopeless, or it is no virtue at all. As long as matters are really hopeful, hope is more flattery or platitude. It is only when everything is hopeless that hope begins to be strength. My hope in the Lord is my strength. And those who hope in the Lord, who wait upon the Lord, will have strength like an eagle. Shall not grow weary, they shall not faint. A lot of times we say we have hope in the Lord, but you know it's good to be. It's easy to be hopeful when, when you plenty of money and, amen, leisure time. These oh I hope in the Lord everything's going great. But man, when you're hopeless, remember this, you still have hope. And that hope is in God. And God is your strength. Thus, when you think about it, before time began, God had made a way out of my no way. God who knows the end from the beginning. When I came up to this place, I mean, this is, this is our first rodeo. We're living in at this time, but it's not God's first rodeo. God has seen these things before, and there's nothing new under the sun. And what I mean by that is that sometimes I'll come up against an issue in my life. Oh, God, you didn't see this coming, but oh, God, I want to let you know this is happening. And, you need to and then God makes a way. You go, wow, Lord, great plan. When did you think that up? That was awesome. That was awesome. I wish I'd been in that board meeting, that committee meeting, Lord. And you just see how you kind of worked it out. When did you come up with that, Lord? Before the world began. Amen? Before the world began, he made a way <laughs> out of my no way. He knows the end from the beginning. So why should I worry? Why do I need to feel hopeless? He is my hope. Amen. Romans chapter 15, verse 13, Paul says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank God. And our hope is secure, my friends. We have a common hope in Jesus as the body of Christ. We, we're never hopeless. If hope can be, not be found anywhere in the world, it ought to be found in the church. Because we have this common hope in Christ. And it's a hope that we're now have to work ourselves up. Hey, we hope, let's say H-O-P-E. You know, we don't have to do all that cheerleader. No. Because our hope is kept and preserved by the power of God. So now tell me, how can you ever be hopeless when God is the keeper of your hope? That's what the Word of God tells us in 1 Peter. Amen. Give Him glory and praise. So you may feel hopeless, but by faith you are never hopeless. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 to 5 says, Our, our hope is preserved, kept. By the power of God. 
We're never hopeless. And this, my friend, is because we, the church, has hope. This is our message to the world. Paul says here, he says that, indeed, this, is, uh, this truth is manifested, but has been manifested. This hope, this everlasting hope, verse 3, has been manifested uh, in due time. It's been manifested by his word through preaching. This is what we preach. We don't preach condemnation. We preach hope to the world through faith in Jesus Christ, which was committed to me according to the commandment of God our Savior. Did you notice something there? He says, God our Savior. Once again, Paul affirms the deity of Jesus Christ. God our Savior? Yes. John the apostle said it well. And in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word, John goes on to say, became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld Him in glory. We beheld His glory. What is that? The manifestation of Jesus Christ is the manifestation of God on the earth. God so loved the world that He came and died for us. Amen? God is our Savior. This is the message we ought to be preaching to the world. But this is the common hope we have again in the church. If we're going to set things in order in the church, our hope cannot be in man. It must only be in God. If we're going to set things in order in the church, it must be in God's transformative truth, you know, and not religious platitudes. If we're going to set things in order in the church, it must be, accor be according to our faith and salvation in Jesus Christ, the centrality of Christ, only then, as bondservants, can things be set in order within the house of God. Are you with me? In conclusion, again, the word of God tells us in James chapter 3, verse 16 to 18, it says, For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now, wisdom from above is our common faith, common faith in salvation and truth and hope. That common faith produces peace and gentleness and willing to yield and mercy and all. We're not operating according to that confusion that is out there in the world, but we're operating by that common faith that we have in Jesus Christ, which is wisdom from above. This is how we can see mutual edification in the church as we operate in the common faith that we have uh, in Jesus Christ, which Paul speaks about here, and some of the details are given here of that common faith in James chapter 3. Our faith being completely and totally in God, God will shake things many times to bring us back to what really matters. And I think God is calling his church today back to the basics, back to that common faith, not being divisive and full of confusion, hating and devouring one another over the issues of the world. I think the Lord is so offended by that. But coming together with that common faith in Christ, knowing that we are more than overcomers through him. Amen. Genesis 1-1 tells us that out of nothing, the formless void of, and darkness of time, God created the heavens and the earth. 
It's been said that if you can get past Genesis 1-1, the rest of the Bible is a piece of cake. (laughs) If you can believe God created out of nothing the heavens and the earth and spoke out of darkness, turned darkness into light and, 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 and spoke things into existence that did not exist. If you can get past Genesis 1-1, God is able to do anything in your life. You can trust him to do the impossible in your life. We can rest in his ability to do what we cannot even conceive of. He can speak order, light, and life out of your chaos and confusion. He is the only hope for this world consumed today by darkness and confusion. I don't know about you, but as a believer, God has to put the cookies on the bottom shelf for me. Amen. You know what that means? He has to make things really simple for me. I can't reach that high. My education isn't that great, Lord. (laughs) My comprehension is even less. (laughs) Lord, you got to put the cookies on the bottom shelf. And I say this as we close, to, to just help some of you, like me, that need God to simplify things for me. Because again, the, the theme is setting things in order in the book of Titus. God wants order not only in church, but in our lives. Well, where do we begin when your life is spinning out of control? Where do you begin when it seems like your marriage is a wreck? I think Jesus made it simple and plain for a guy like me. And you've heard it before. Matthew 6.33, but seek first. If you don't seek him first, everything else is out of order. There cannot be order in the house of God. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added to you. When I forget which way to go and I don't know which, which way is up or, Lord, I don't know how to pastor the church today, I need your help, Lord, or whatever your situation might be, God says, keep the main thing, the main thing, and all the other things will be added. There will be order in his house. This has been The Dwelling Place, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Al Pittman, senior pastor at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you enjoy Pastor Al's teaching ministry, we have some good news for you. You can listen, watch, or download an archive of past messages and our current series in the Book of Acts with a simple mouse click at cwccs.org. Just click the Messages tab at the top of the page. And while you're checking out our website, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al wherever you go. The Dwelling Place is also available at oneplace.com. And I would also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy the dwelling place on this station. You can also share a prayer request with us. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Have you considered becoming a financial supporter of the dwelling place? We really need your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. You can support this program with a one-time gift or become a monthly supporter. If you'd like to join our support team, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-1111.
If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. And no matter where you are, you can watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. You'll find directions and service times for both locations at cwccs.org. Have a wonderful day in the Lord, and join us next time for another study in the Book of Acts. The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman is presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado.